Welcome to Inside Yorkshire with Susan, bringing you intriguing details about the lives of people here in Yorkshire. So, come on in and join us. Hello, Susan here, Inside Yorkshire. Now, today's episode, we're finding out about the old grammar school project, Richmond Grammar School. And today I'm talking to James Gravener, who is the chairman of the school project committee. Hello, James. Hello there, Susan. Right. I was wanting just to find out from you at what point the the committee was developed and when you started with the plans that are currently ongoing for the building. All right. Yeah, with the school closed as a school uh, in 2011 uh, when the uh, year seven uh, moved to the Darlington Road uh, school complex. Uh, That stage, there was a project uh, put to repurpose the building and to preserve it uh, by the Richmondshire uh, Community Voluntary Action Group. Uh, In 2017, we were approached by the group uh, who said who'd asked us if we were prepared to take the scheme on uh, because they'd lost their core funding and were now unable to continue with it. Uh, after a lot of debate, discussions with the Heritage Lottery Fund, with the District Council and the County Council, uh, we formally uh, took responsibility for the scheme in November 2017. And since then, we've been working to put together plans, uh, consulting with the public, and drawing up uh, a scheme uh, to reuse the building. And to preserve a lovely building, because it's a very attractive building. I'm yeah. not sure the age of it. Yeah, the, the, the building, I mean, the school goes back to medieval times, uh, and we know a fair bit about its history uh, since Elizabethan times. It was Elizabeth I uh, who, who gave a charter uh, for the grammar school in Richmond, and for many, many years, it was based in the churchyard of St. Mary's. And it was in 1850 that the school was built on its present site. Uh, it was in memory of a very uh, famous and talented head teacher, uh, James Tate. And the building was actually designed, the original building in 1850, it was designed by George Townsend Andrews, uh, who is the architect for the station. And that's one of the reasons why the Building Preservation Trust, which owns and manages the station, uh, was very interested in the old grammar school as its same architect. It was extended quite substantially in 1867, and since then it's had other add-ons, most notably in 1930, uh, but the original part of the building is 1850. I also understand that in the history of the building, you've actually had um, a phenomenal number of... uh reasonably famous people who've been um, been pupils, ex-pupils. Yeah, and the school itself goes goes back to medieval times uh, and we know a lot about its history uh, since the time of Elizabeth I uh, when the school was based in the churchyard of St Mary's Church. And over that time, there's been a number of, of uh, very successful, very you know, famous people. Uh, Sir Francis Nicholson, uh, who became governor of a number of uh, American provinces, uh, Virginia and Maryland. Uh, Dr. Bathurst, who was a surgeon to Oliver Cromwell. Uh, George Kewitt, 
and his son, uh, both renowned art- artists, Earl Grey, when he was uh, leader of the opposition before becoming the Prime Minister and famed uh, for the Reform Act, sent his son to the school. Uh, one of our most famous pupils, uh, who again went to the school and it was in the old, in the churchyard, uh, but became a close friend uh, of the headmaster at the time uh, and would have visited the, the current building, it was Charles Dodgson, uh, better known as, as Lewis Carroll. And he, he spent 18 months at the school. Uh, in more recent times, uh, in the First World War, uh, Admiral Craddock went to the school and, and Admiral Craddock uh, was killed in one of the early naval battles in the First World War. Uh, Arthur Conan Doyle, famed for writing Sherlock Holmes novels, uh, his brother went to the school. Uh, and Baroness Hale, the current president of the Supreme Court, uh, although she went to the girls' high school, uh, she studied classics at the boys' grammar school. Since the school's become a, uh, year, became year seven of the comprehensive school, uh, there's been a number of people who have uh, won Olympic medals, uh, Nicola and Joanne Jackson, uh, the uh, swimmers, Alison Mowbray won a silver medal in rowing, uh, Anna Clissold, a skier, and in the arts world, former Richmond School pupil Amanda Berry became Chief Executive of the British Academy of Film and Television in 2000. So yes, it's had a, a large number of, uh, of successful old pupils. Okay, so quite a lot of history there then. Yeah. I know um, a lot of, I, I, I'm sure that a lot of families, when it was closed as a school more recently, um, we a little, more than slightly dismayed at the idea of not having a lower school because it was used in its latter stages as the lower school because the intake from small village schools, it can be quite daunting, can't it? A large, going to a large comprehensive. Yeah, which, I mean, mm. from in most of its history, it was a, a free grammar school. Uh, but since 1970. Uh, 1 to 2011, it was the year 7, the first year of the comprehensive school. And we reckon that during that period, there's been about 10,000 pupils have gone through. So when you look at the current uh, residents of Richmondshire, uh, far, far, far more went to it as a year 7 than did as the old grammar school as as a pupil. Quite a few surviving members of the old grammar school, <laughs> but the majority of people that went there in year seven. And the response we've had when we've shown people around the building is a great affection for the building. And as you say, Susan, it's probably partly because it was a, it was the first time they'd moved out of village schools into the town to the big mm-hmm. school. It was a good staging point. And um, so both the old grammar school pupils and the year seven pupils uh, have shared with us their memories uh, and have uh, expressed a desire to see the building uh, kept in use. Yes, because the longer it stands empty, old buildings need to have um, heating at least just to keep everything okay and also all the renovation just to keep things as they are, let alone redeveloping. Yes, it was used for a short time after 2011 as temporary offices before the District Council moved into Mercury House. Uh, but for a long time now, there's been no heating. 
Uh, there's been the utilities have been turned off. The building is decaying. Uh, it is already in a much poorer state than it was when it closed in 2011. That will only get worse. Uh, and unless we do something with it, it, it will become an eyesore uh, and a loss of a, of a wonderful grade two listed building. Well, yes, it's Richmondshire Building Preservation Trust, isn't it, that, uh, that you're with that will actually work forwards with this? Yeah, I mean, the Preservation Trust was created <coughs> to renovate the station and the station closed as a garden centre um, and there were plans at that time uh, to use it for uh, various purposes which didn't suit the lo- local people. Uh, the, the Preservation Trust was then created and succeeded in getting the necessary grants and support and put together the project which people at No Richmond were now valuable it is to the community uh, and the station. So we've operated the station for 11 years and that's been our only project. So this is our second major project and if it goes ahead we will run it in conjunction with the station. It won't be in competition to the station, it'll be complementary to it. Yes and I think anyone who's uh who has seen the success that you've made of the station project will know that you're probably best suited to be moving forwards for the school. Would you like to tell us the plans for yeah. the redevelopment? Yeah, I mean, the, uh, the school is on many, many levels, and that's one of the big challenges, uh, is making it fully accessible, uh, which we intend to do. Uh, but if you broadly think of it as on two levels... Uh, the top level being the, the street level, uh, Station Road, and the bottom level being the area, the level that opens out onto the outside area, the grass, and down to the bats. On the top level, uh, we, we, we will have two really attractive halls, the original 1850 hall and the uh, ad- additional 1867 uh, hall, which pupils... Uh, I went to the lower school will have known as the dining room for the school. That's that's a magnificent hall, and we intend to keep that uh, for functions, uh, for concerts, for talks, weddings, uh, funeral teas, uh, dinners, etc. Uh, the small smaller hall will be a general purpose activity room, uh, so that will be suitable for yoga, carpet bowls. Uh, other events and there are two smaller halls at that there are two smaller rooms at that level uh, which will be capable of being hired out for for small events so the top floor will be a community center uh, for the people of richmond and richmondshire on the lower ground floor uh, we're looking to have uh, a community office which will be an open plan about 12 desks which we'll be looking to let out uh, on a a contract basis so somebody might just use it every Thursday morning or every Monday afternoon and and pay a rate uh, which would allow them to do that for uh, a year or a month. Uh, Then in addition to that we're going to have a a cafe which will have an outside terrace looking down over the bats uh, and a a hostel, uh, an independent hostel uh, for walkers, cyclists but also uh, for people having residential courses, for people that don't want to stop in a hotel but want to use our community rooms uh, for a yoga retreat, a literary weekend, 
uh, could also uh, have accommodation. And likewise, if they were booking a wedding and didn't want to pay the kind of amounts that people nowadays pay for weddings, uh, you know, you could book the hall for a wedding and stay in the hostel. Uh, it'd be a good quality, uh, but basic provision. That sounds uh, a brilliant idea to have it all together under the one roof as well. That's right. And, and I said it'd be complimentary to the station because those of you who know the station, uh, we don't have private dining areas in the station. Uh, it's a you know, very successful restaurant, uh, but it's open plan. Uh, it's it's uh, not as suitable for, you know, for functions such as weddings and such like. Um, this will give us that function room. Uh, we don't have large spaces to rent in the station. We have some small meeting rooms. Uh, this will give us much larger spaces to host uh, bigger talks and concerts. Uh, and we don't have accommodation at the station. Uh, so this will allow us to have accommodation. The only downside that I could see that, I, that I'm just wondering about as we're talking is parking. What's the parking provision yeah, going to be? Yeah, the n- number of times I've given the presentation... Parking always comes up, hmm. and it is what it is. Um, it lacks parking, and there's no simple solution to that. Um, we we can't actually put parking on site. Um, the levels make it prohibitively expensive. It would also distract from the view, which is part of the attraction of the school, from the river and from the station, looking across the bridge. Uh, it's that open vista, and we wouldn't want car parking in front of the building even if we could afford to put it there and then thirdly and and insurmountably uh, the access onto the station road is just far too tight with the bend as you come up to the the station bridge we wouldn't get uh, permission from the highways authority to have extensive use so we can't put parking on site there will be two fully accessible car park places uh, where the small car park is at the moment at the the, bung- the caretaker's bungalow end of the building uh, we will have some drop-off points in front of the building uh, and people will be able to use the council car park in the evenings and at weekends uh, when it when it becomes a public car park over and back people will have to park either in the marketplace and walk down or at the station and walk up it's not ideal um, but it is what it is uh, and in producing our business plan we've reflected the limitations uh, on our uses which will be caused by lack of car parking the attraction of for instance of having a hostel is that its majority use uh, will be at weekends and in the evening when there will be car parking um, and also a number of hostlers will be coming on foot or on bike they won't all be coming in a car uh, but it, it is more suitable in terms of parking provision for evening and weekend use well, certainly with a walking, um, people coming to stay at the hostel who are walkers are not going to need it. But I think the drop-off is a good idea yeah. um, to have that for those that can't, can't actually access it that way. As you're saying, you're wanting to make it accessible for all. Yeah, it will be fully accessible. And I said, although I've described it on two levels, actually there are several levels in the building. And a major part of the cost that we're building into the scheme uh, is to have two lifts uh, within the building a main lift which will take you down from the main hall down to the lower hall and then down to the lower ground floor level and a smaller lift uh, in the hostel uh, which will allow people to uh, use a fully accessible bedroom in the hostel. So 
this will be a facility which will be open uh, to all uh, whether they have access needs or not um, and the drop-off point will allow people to at least pull up in a minibus or a car and, and get out and access mm. the building um, but yes uh, you know, park, permanent parking long-term parking will be a difficulty for some people Yes, but um, it sounds like you're covering as many of the eventualities as you can with the plans yeah. that you're moving forward with. Now, what happens from now then? What what happens right. now ongoing? Well, we've had, uh, the, it's now known as the National Lottery Heritage Fund. They've just uh, rebranded uh, and they've given us a grant of 180000 uh, which was originally granted to the a volunteer association and is now being transferred to the Building Preservation Trust uh, and that we've been using uh, to do all of the work so we've we've had uh, architects plans drawn up uh, we've had quantity surveyors costing the scheme out uh, we've had an activity uh, consultant who's worked out the kind of things we will do during the construction phase and involving the public and have done public consultation we've got a business planner who's uh, uh, helped us to make sure we've got a, a a scheme which will run in the long term without public subsidy. Uh, we've had bat surveys, uh, we've had uh, uh, asbestos surveys, we've had legal work. So we've virtually spent the 180,000 uh, grant from the National Lottery Heritage Fund. We have to then submit a bid to the Heritage Fund uh, for 1.8 million. Uh, that's the maximum they're prepared to give us, and it's still at risk uh, whether we will get that. The bid goes in on the 31st of March, and we are now in June whether it's been successful. If the Heritage Fund don't grant us 1.8 million, uh, then the scheme, as far as we're concerned, uh, will fall you know, because we can't replace that sum of money. The total cost of the scheme will be 2.6 million, uh, so we still need to find a balance of 800,000. Uh, we've done a lot of fundraising activities. Uh, we've put in for grants from other organisations. The Preservation Trust has put in some of its own money. Uh, and uh, we've had some generous promises of donations uh, from individuals. Um, some of them who, who used to go to the school, uh, either when it was a lower school or when it was the old grammar school. So where we stand today, uh, we've raised... Uh, well, we think by the end of March we will have raised about £300,000. Uh, so we're still short of £500,000 and we're discussing uh, with the County Council uh, how they might assist us to bridge uh, that gap. Um, but we will need to carry on raising funds for the foreseeable future uh, to to be able to repay any loans that we take out uh, from the County Council. So... We'll know in June whether the scheme is going to go ahead or not. Uh, if we don't get the grant, the scheme will, scheme will fall. The building is in the ownership of the district council and it will be their decision as to what to do with it. Uh, if we get the grant, the district council will give us the building uh, and then we, we face two years of, of construction and a plan to open our doors in September 2021. And meanwhile... We continue to fundraise to make it all possible. Yes, it sounds like um, a gargantuan task, really. Did you envisage that it would be quite so involved when you first um, became involved with it? The answer is yes. Um, personally, I, I 
retired to Richmond, having had an association with Richmond many years ago. Uh, I retired to Richmond 11 years ago. I got involved in the station six months after it was open, uh, so I wasn't part of the, the station project. I know I just how much work went in to the station. Uh, I, I know from speaking to the trustees at the time, uh, just just what a big task it was. So the old grammar school is to some extent payback. Uh, <laughs> I've enjoyed the station for the last 11 years. It's been a wonderful facility. Uh, I didn't do much to create. I didn't do anything to create the station. I've been involved in running it. Uh, and this is, I hope, my input to creating a facility uh, for generations that come after me uh, in the old grammar school. So, no, it's not unexpected. Uh, mm-hmm. It is a hard work. Uh, hopefully it will come to fruition and, and we will see a wonderful community building in 2021. It's not what um, some people would call a retirement then, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And, uh, yeah, I, I suppose when I first retired, I spent a year or two uh, gallivanting, uh, doing the things that I hadn't done when I was working. Um, and then I got involved in the station and various other organisations. And now I'm thinking I need to plan my second retirement at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it's uh... <laughs> when the project comes to fruition. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. I, I mean, I understand that. I know from the, the point of view of the station, you there are a lot of volunteers involved in actually running. And I'm presuming with what's going on now, you've got quite a, a quite a bunch of volunteers already involved in the in the project. Yeah, I mean, I, though I'm chair of the project committee, it, this isn't a one man, uh, one person uh, job by any means. I'm very well supported uh, by a team uh, of trustees and other uh, people involved on the planning side and on the uh, project management side. Uh, And we're obviously supported by the professionals that we've appointed, uh, led by a a project manager uh, who's been excellent. Uh, So this is a team effort. But in addition to those people working on the planning uh, and the implementation side, We've had a host of volunteers who've been helping us to fundraise. Um, so yes, there's always been volunteers involved in the station. That that number has increased by at least 30 people who have got involved uh, since we took on the old grammar school project. Uh, and they've done everything from uh, organising a, a gin and cheese evening, organising a games evening. Uh, we've got a, a young lady from the school who's organising a 5K fun run. Uh, and etc. And all of these are, are helping both to raise money, but also to raise awareness uh, in the community and get some community ownership for the scheme. Well, there's been quite a lot of talk about it. I know that uh, people are interested and wanting to know just what's going on. So by by doing this episode, thank you, James, this will help get the word out. What would anyone have to do then if they wanted to firstly to volunteer to be involved with it? Yes, um, if able to contact us through our our, our website uh, or through our email address or, or just phone the station uh, and express an interest, uh, then uh, one of our team will get back to them and, and see in what way they could help uh, if they're interested in volunteering. Uh, and the other thing, of course, is, is the fundraising. Um, we've had a number of, of generous benefactors so if if somebody was out there 
uh, event to the school is interested in giving us uh, uh, large sums of money, then please do get in contact. <laughs> uh, but if you're if you're not in, in in position to be able to do that, but want to support in some ways, then come along to our fundraising events. You know, come along to the uh, the open days that we hold and the and the various other events. Um, we've also introduced because we recognise that come what may, we're not going to raise all the funds in in time uh, to finance the scheme. But we're going to have to borrow a substantial sum of money. We have been offered interest-free loans. They've got to be repaid. Uh, so one of the schemes we've come up with, and we've called it a, a Silver Star Club, uh, is a £10 a month a direct debit uh, for you know, for the foreseeable future, uh, which will allow us to have income to repay loans. Uh, but in t- terms of the individual donating that, it will give them not only a, the satisfaction of contributing to a well worthwhile scheme and some recognition uh, when the grammar school opens and in the meantime at the station, but we've also got a package of benefits associated with that, including a, a benefactor's meal uh, once a year, uh, a talk, some discounts at the station businesses uh, and, a, and a, some local goodies. Uh, so it's a, it's both the satisfaction of donating and also some recognition of that. Uh, for £10 a month, uh, it will really help us uh, to have the money to repay the loans that we will need to take out. And if they're interested in doing that, there are forms at the station or they can look on our website for details. You have a, a separate website for this? Yeah, it's uh, if you go to... Uh, uh, Richmondshire Building Preservation Trust. Yes, uh, so that's uh, that's a good way forward, and that's already set up. That's that scheme, yeah, is it? Yeah, the ten pound a month. And uh, yes, it is. And there's there's forms available at the station and a leaflet about it. And it's called Silver. It's a Silver Star. Silver uh, Star Club. membership. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, we've taken a school theme and called it a Silver Star. The Gold Star scheme is some very generous donors. Who have actually given us five thousand pound over a couple mm. of years? Uh, so this is a the Silver Star scheme. Oh well, <laughs> I'm sure that will generate quite a bit of interest. I, I hope so. Yeah. So, um, well, I, th- I think all that leaves me to say then is thank you very much, James. That's given us quite a lot of information, and I'm sure everyone will be waiting to hear your news when it comes through. Oh, thank you very much, Susan. That's for the time. okay. Thank you. This is Susan signing out from inside Yorkshire.